today, since I got my uh, assignment done, I treated myself to watching the treason uh, oh, show. Because, so, okay, wait, I, I should have cleared this, up, cleared this up with you before. Um, so we're releasing this on, or this is number 15, but we're, this is episode number 15? Yes. Okay, and then treason is going to be 14. Yes. That's, okay, that must be up filming- <laughs> Yeah, we're just filming it out of order. I don't, uh, because we want to release Treason first, but we want to have a couple of episodes in storage. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is coming out like the fourth week of March? Uh, fifth. Fifth. Oh my God. Yeah. I was, I was looking so at my, <laughs> I was looking at my folder that has all the different uh, musicals for each month. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, we have five this month. I know. I really, I, I, like, it's crazy to type out like episode number 15. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're recording this out of order. So hello, future. How's end of March? <laughs> we aren't there yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, how was treason? Just a little cold notes before the episode. Oh, like, it was really that you, good. That you would have listened to in next, the week before. So it's just kind of a recap to the people listening. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, did it introduce me? Yeah, so we... So by the time that this comes out, we'll have already talked about it, but um, I really enjoyed it. There were some songs that I hadn't heard yet. Um, so I guess they had maybe released about four or five songs uh, over the past couple of months. I think they've released like one song per month. Mm-hmm. How uh, since... state, how, like, is it staged or is it just like a concert? Uh, it's concert. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, everyone evenly spaced out with their own little like <laughs> uh, stands with their music on it. I see glass. No, actually, um, hmm. which I found kind of strange. But then uh, I also saw like the the orchestra in the background and they weren't wearing masks either huh. or anything protective. So I don't know if maybe they got like testing done beforehand or. I mean, they're the UK, right? Yeah. Yeah, the UK is pretty, hard, pretty far ahead in vaccinations, but I don't know if they would like prioritize like those like 40 people that are a part of the production. It's like they probably just did like rapid testing like they do with like Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, that seems to be so. Or like, just take I, the L for the theater. <laughs> oh God, they they technically are taking the L for the theater because they've just been so bad about trying to get West End back on track. Like the, the government really honestly, doesn't care. When Bone I have to pick, Bone I have to pick with all these like with like the theaters and stuff. It's like, oh, we're announcing new dates of opening. I'm like, you can't say that. Like you announce like Broadway will be open like after a month. Also, this is the the episode we're recording this March twelfth. Is a one-year anniversary of Bobby closing. <laughs> it's been a long month. <laughs> Can't believe April twelfth is like in the month. <laughs> this is crazy to think how long it's been. How how they keep on making promises. Like just say you don't have a date, they're gonna come back. Just like it's just gaslighting at this point. It's like saying like, oh yeah, we'll back next week. Oh we're not. Oh okay, we'll back in like two weeks. It's fine. Oh, I mean well, I get it. You I, want people I, to have the, hope. The but, intention like... is good. Where they. Yeah, they want to give people hope, but at the same time, it is disappointing when they say like, oh, well, and also it's not really up to them because it's up to the government for whether or not they're allowed to open. So mm-hmm. maybe they were given like, oh, yeah, you can say that it's open in one week. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden the government goes, oh, no, you can't. Yeah. So I don't think it's really up to all the, the Broadway execs. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's almost it's basically been a year. Um yeah, there March twelfth last year was a probably shut down. Yeah, and uh, I I watched. I actually woke up really early today. It was eight a.m. Oh, nice. And, which I was really proud of myself. For. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh I'm my proud god, of you, <laughs> I'm evolving. I'm becoming an adult. Um, <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm gonna wake up at like twelve tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I got up and then I was like, oh, you know what? I've got a bit of time because I was putting off doing my assignment. So I was like, oh, okay. There's a new episode of this TV show that I wanted to watch or that the first episode is up after there being a bit of a hiatus. And so the episode that I watched, it takes place right as the lockdown's starting. Mm. And I got so many terrible memories <laughs> of that time. I was like, oh my God, now what I know it. Uh, a million little things. I think I've heard of it, but I can't really. To me, it seems like a little bit of a uh, "This Is Us" ripoff. Mm, like uh, "This Is Us," like the Fosters, like all those shows. 
all those like family like like, dr- like we're families. so dramatic sorry i don't want to say i don't want to like <laughs> talk bad about any of those shows but i i have a certain appetite for those shows and after a while i'm like okay i get it it's sad and i i totally understand what you're trying to do here but i can't do it anymore <laughs> yeah it's just like let up a bit we need a bit like, of hope. i tried to watch the i tried to watch the fosters and i i did it for a little bit but then i just fell off yeah yeah uh because my my family has been watching This Is Us for a long time, mm-hmm. and I just haven't really been interested because I can't really deal with a lot of that. Like, oh, this is real life, but it's terrible. <laughs> I watch TV. I watch TV to not watch real life. Yeah. Or like, I'm, I mean, I'm watching Parks and Rec right now, and like, it's so funny and it, it seems realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be an interesting job to be like in Parks and Rec. I know. Like, it seems like so. Like, not mundane, but, like... Like, like, safe? Yeah, safe. And, like, it's really funny, because, like, I like these past, like, four years, a lot of us have gotten a lot more into politics because of what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, it's really interesting, like, watching, like, them talk about, like, politics and how, like, she has, like, portraits of, like, Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and, like, Condoleezza (laughs) Rice. I'm like, I know those people. I know who they are. And definitely Michelle Obama. I still can't, like, believe that they had her on the show. Yeah, and Joe Biden is on the the show. (laughs) I remember, like, when he got, got, it was inauguration or when they, like, called the election for him, it was, like, somebody tweeted, like, I I mean, all nothing but respect for my president and then put the, like, clip of him uh, in Parks and Rec. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you think back to like the the good old Obama days. Yeah, <laughs> you're like we we just uh, we didn't yeah. know we had a good thing until it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I didn't really pay attention. I know because yeah. I was so young. Yeah, I turned sixteen like the year we we turned sixteen the year he was his last term. So yeah, yeah. Or, I remember being upset when uh, uh, Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. And I remember being upset, but I didn't know why. I'm like, this doesn't seem good. I think it was just more because of Hillary, because of Hillary didn't win. I was really looking forward to having a, or like not personally having because we're Canadian, but like having mm-hmm. a an, a female American president. Yeah, I mean, they do like the Americans have a pretty big impact on on like our on our lives and stuff. Yeah, neighbors to the south. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number fifteen of History of the Spotlight on something rotten. Yay. Um, yeah, so this is the musical, um, by the people that I'll get into later. Um, so just a quick summary, uh, set in 1595, the story follows the Bottom Brothers, Nick and Nigel, who struggle to find success in the theatrical world as they compete with the wild popularity of the, of their contemporary, William Shakespeare. Huzzah! Yeah. Annika, do you want to get into Shakespeare? Or uh, I don't know what you researched, but yeah. Yeah, it was basically just Shakespeare because I was like, I can't think of anything else. I mean, it's, it's like set in the Elizabethan era, but how do you research an entire era? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure there's another musical that has to do with Elizabeth the mm. First um, that we might want to get further into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as a preface, um, I want to say that I was really really pleasantly surprised with this musical i forgot how much i loved it because i yeah. watched it like a while ago um i watched the bootleg and i actually watched a different bootleg this time um with a different i think the only person that was different was uh, nick bottom okay yeah um but i just forgot, like i was watching i was watching like a song a musical and i'm like this is so pure like pure joy because didn't we sing it once in choir um I think we did like it was like the first week of musical theater when you're not actually doing anything you're just like getting ready for auditions and like you're um kind of like warming up and, and warming up and stuff like so we all sang that like I think it was in like rotations and then like the juniors that were in academy sang it um like at a performance or something okay yeah because I knew that I recognized it from somewhere yeah so it, it's been on my uh I have like a musical theater playlist mm-hmm. of some of the musicals that I already know and then some of them that we've been covering here yeah um once I've like oh I really like that song so yeah. I've uh, I still have yet to add some songs I haven't gotten around to that yet mm-hmm. but uh I I knew of the it's hard to be the bard mm-hmm. uh song but I was like oh it's just so good it might be one of my new favorite 
musical theater mm. songs. Yeah. Because Christian Borel just oh, so good. Just has sex appeal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I, I, actually, <laughs> I really want to watch Smash because I know he's in it. He is in it, and I, I think I was too young when I watched it, but I, I do mm. remember it being quite good. Also, what's with his pants? What's with all their pants? Like, I know it's like, it's, I think it's probably just like a costume styling cod piece thing. Like, is it a pocket? I think that's a joke because, like, did you watch it? Yes. Yeah. Um, because like Nick pulls, not Nick, Nigel pulls like the thing out of his pants every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God, Shakespeare's packing. But like, <laughs> I think that's the joke. Like, it's the satire. So they're all packing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My parents are going to be very disappointed when they hear this episode. Uh, yeah, we'll see. How, uh, At least okay. it means that they're listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they're if, disappointed if they in you, then that's that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> the one time. Um, yeah, so I'll start off with William Shakespeare before we get off on another tangent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so William Shakespeare, he was baptized the 26th of April. I should just do it in a British accent the entire time. Right. On the 26th of April, 1564, so the, uh, his birth date is unknown, but it's uh, traditionally uh, observed on the 23rd of April. Mm-hmm. And then, although it might be mixed up with uh, the date that he died, because he also died on the 23rd of April in 1616. So there's a lot of debates about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an English playwright, poet, and actor. And he was widely regarded as the greatest writer in the English language and the world's greatest dramatist. Mm. He has been viewed as England's national poet and the bard of Avon. He has written 39 plays, 154 sonnets, and three long narrative poems, and probably a smattering of other things as well. Um, He was not revered in his lifetime, but received lots of praise. Um... His works have been translated into every major living language, and his plays are performed more often than those of any other playwright, and they're still studied and interpreted to this day. Anyone who has gone through English class in high school knows this. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, grade 9, Midsummer Night's Dream, grade 10, Romeo and Juliet, grade 11, Macbeth, and then grade 12, Othello. That's mm-hmm. what what I did at least. Yeah. Um, and of those, I really liked the Midsummer Night's Dream. That was quite mm-hmm. fun. Actually, I, I'm trying to think. So I think we were supposed to do Taming the Shrew in grade eight, but we didn't get around to it because I think it was a year, like at the end of the year, it was a strike. So. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we would have got around to it either way. Um, but we did, yeah, we did that. And then next year was Midsummer Night's Dream in grade nine. Grade 10 was Little Man Juliet. 11 was. Macbeth and then so the Scottish play um and then the last year uh grade 12 was a solo yeah mm-hmm. yeah um excuse me Ooh. so early and married life so he was born and raised in uh Strat- Stratford upon Avon in Warwickshire um I've actually been there Mm-hmm. And I got a little Macbeth booklet. I still have it. Some yeah, there it is. Mm. Uh, I think we drove past the um, the theater on, like on our trip around the globe. Yeah, the globe. Yeah, yeah. But yes. I, I talk about that too a little bit later too. Or we we visited it. We actually went for a bit of a tour. Oh, nice. Um, but that's not the the actual theater. Wow, I think I knew that. Yeah, (laughs) I'll tell you why. (laughs) And so his father was John Shakespeare, an alderman and successful glove maker. His mother was Mary Arden, the daughter of an affluent landowning family. Uh, So William Shakespeare was the third of John and Mary's eight children, but was the oldest surviving child as the first two had died in infancy. Uh, He married Anne Hathaway, not the actress. You know, it's weird. Anne Hathaway, like present Anne Hathaway, like her husband looks a lot like William Shakespeare. I think I saw this post on Tumblr and it was like, please don't out um, immortals like this, please. Yeah, or time travelers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he was 18 and she was 26 in 1582. Oh, that's not an awful age gap for that time period. 
still like eight years. Like, I mean, yeah, that could be a lot worse. So. I feel like it's usually the other way around where the guy is older and then mm-hmm. the girl is quite young. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> go listen to her episodes about sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they had three children, the oldest, Susanna, and twins Hamnet, so not Hamlet, Hamnet mm. and Judith. So Hamnet died of unknown causes at the age of 11 in 1596. Can you imagine like being a twin and then your twin dies? It's just crazy to think about. That just seems like even think like about some... like a yeah. Even think about like a like a obviously don't like, like a sibling dying. Like so like I have like somebody that you grew up with literally, like they're the same age as you, they're the exact same person. Like unless you've messed up royally, like you're gonna be like best friends, like <laughs> or at least close enough to have a relationship. It's like some Fred and George Weasley stuff. Oh, I know. Still Wait. not over it. Does every twin die in every se- no not, not every twin but you know like Riverdale like the whole plot of the first season like Cheryl Blossom's twin brother dies. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, with his <laughs> career, he was not like it's not known when he started writing, but several of his plays were on the London stage by 1592. Uh, early in his playwriting career, he wrote primarily comedies and histories. Then he wrote mainly tragedies until 1608. And towards the end of his career, he wrote tragic comedies and romance. So I guess those are two interchangeable terms. Uh, so he's the part owner of the playing company Lord Chamberlain's Men, who were the only company who performed Shakespeare's plays. I guess it, they kind of had a monopoly over them. Mm-hmm. Um, after the death of Queen Elizabeth and receiving a royal patent from King James I, uh, they changed their name to be called the Kingsmen. Hmm. You know what I just realized? when I Earlier I said that we would be covering Queen Elizabeth probably in a different musical. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're going to cover it in treason. Mm-hmm. So that will be the week before <laughs> <laughs> this comes out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So this is us figuring it out. We're technically time traveling. This feels so weird to like. How do you talk about this? Somebody haven't like recorded yet, or like even like, I haven't watched it yet. Like, yeah, yeah. This is weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's strange. This is old news for you guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll have already covered Queen Elizabeth the first, and you will already be experts, mm-hmm. as well as King James. In 1599, some members of the company came together and built their own theater in the south bank of the River Thames, and they called it the Globe. Uh, Unfortunately, the Globe burned down on the 29th of June, 1613, Mm. but another Globe theater was built on the same site in June, 1614. But then it was closed down on the 6th of September, 1642, and was later demolished in 1644. There is a modern reconstruction of the globe called Shakespeare's Globe, and it was opened in 1997, approximately 750 feet away from the original site of this real theater. And I've been there. And hmm. so hit, or you, you drove past. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have a really cool room in there that has like a big tree, like sprouting from the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's real or fake. I haven't, it's, it's been seven years, so I want to go back. Yeah. Um, in 1608, uh, the company also took over the Black Friars Indoor Theater. Uh, Shakespeare's investments and property purchases resulted in his becoming a very wealthy man. In 1597, he bought the second largest house in Stratford New Place. So if that's any mm-hmm. example of how wealthy he was. Uh, Shakespeare continued to act in his own and as well as other plays. Uh, between May 1603 and February 1610, there were repeated closures of the London public playhouses due to the outbreaks of plague, and it led to a total of over 60 months of closure, kind of on and off. Wow. Wow, can we relate or what? <laughs> um, Shakespeare wrote fewer plays after 1610, and no more plays were attributed to him after 1613. He died on the 23rd of April, 1616, at the age of 52, and there is no real explanation for how he died. Uh, 
as well as there's no longer any direct line from William Shakespeare, as his eldest daughter, Susanna's children, all died childless, and his youngest daughter, Judith's child, Elizabeth, died childless in 1670. Oh. So no direct line. If anyone says that they're the great, 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 great grandchild of William Shakespeare, they're lying. I mean, there might be some bastard children living about, <laughs> but I mean, that somebody that famous, you never know. There were some rumors that he might have been gay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if he was having an affair, I don't think it would have been with women. Yeah. At least that's what some articles say. What was that? There was some book or a show that was that was like around this time or like that was like based on the time period and like Shakespeare was like this kind of like the same kind of character he is now in this mm-hmm. production but he like they touched on that a bit more I was to think what it was. um was it a movie and it was kind of like he didn't write the the plays because Maybe. there's there's a movie called anonymous and uh it has Reese Ifens. I can't remember what he's been. He's been in a bunch of other British things, but it was kind of like this this nobleman had written all these like the Shakespeare plays, but he didn't want to have his name attached to it because mm-hmm. he was a nobleman and that would have been uh like unpro- improper for him to do that. So he had Shakespeare put his name on it. Um I think I remember in like English grade nine we really wanted to watch that but it was kind of or one of our English teachers had said that it's basically false okay mm-hmm. uh, Shakespeare was buried in the chancel of the Holy Trinity Church two days after his death the epitaph on his grave includes a curse upon anyone who moves his bones when there were restorations of the church in 2008, the renovators were quite careful around his grave so as not to incur the curse. Yeah. I think I, I kind of want to do that <laughs> when I die, just put a curse, like just have yeah. a curse put on it. Yeah. <laughs> I just really want to mess with people. <laughs> um, the modern spelling of this curse is as follows. Good friend, for Jesus's sake, forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones. <laughs> what a so much a, power! A funny man. Yeah. Um. So his works, uh, his first recorded works were Richard the Third and the three parts of Henry the Sixth, written in early 1590s. I just realized that I probably I, I have more Roman numerals. <laughs> No. <laughs> the bane of my existence. So that was followed by Titus Andronicus, uh, The Comedy of Errors, The Taming of the Shrew, and The Two Gentlemen of Verona. In mid to late 1590s, there was A Midsummer Night's Dream, Merchant of Venice, Much Ado About Nothing, As You Like It, Twelfth Night, and later there was Richard II. Uh, okay, I need help. Henry Ivy. The fourth. Yeah. Okay. Henry the fourth, part one and two. Then Henry the fifth. The period ends with two tragedies, Romeo and Juliet and Julius Caesar. In the early 17th century, there were his problem plays. Uh, So Measure for Measure, Troilus and Cressida, and All's Well That Ends Well, as well as some of his best known tragedies. So you have Hamlet, Othello, King Lear, and Macbeth. His last major tragedies uh, were Antony and Cleopatra, and then Coriolanus. Uh, his final period, which was romance or tragicomedy, interchangeable, whatever, was Cymbeline, The Winter's Tale, and The Tempest. Uh, after this period, he collaborated with other playwrights for Pericles, Prince of Tyre, as well as Henry VIII and the two noble king kinsmen um personally my favorite shakespeare plays are macbeth hamlet and a midsummer night's dream what about you um i really like romeo and juliet i like how like, all the characters interact and how it's like clear the two sides mm-hmm. of, who, of who they are um 
I thought that was cool too. Um, and I'll always, I'll always have a soft spot for Hamlet because oh, <laughs> yeah. um, the first semester of college last year, we had like a year long, not year long, but like the second half of the semester. Well, I'd say like a week before reading break, we got assigned a group project to make a concept for, for a adaptation of Hamlet. Um, and that was just the entire assignment. It was just into, I was looking for our like stagecraft tech class to like come up with a concept for it. So okay. we decided to make Hamlet Jr. <laughs> um, so we had to, so we had to like split it up to three different groups. So somebody did like costume, somebody did lighting, sound, like all that kind of stuff. I was on marketing and, um, uh, social media and like casting and stuff like that like I was kind of just everything else that wasn't like technical technically related um I had so much fun with it like I <laughs> like, made programs and I made it black and white so you could color it in with crayons oh um and it, it turned out really well um I felt really good about it I was kind of looking at the other presentations like oh god they use like photoshop and stuff I'm like I just made like a program on like word but <laughs> I was I was happy with it and like everything seemed to work out pretty well so it was nice to just like look back at Hamlet and See, so, yeah, I, I I did that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Weird how like fulfilling projects can be. <laughs> I, I remember. And then some and then some projects are like, oh, let's get this done. <laughs> yeah, that's that's most of what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Just get it done, get through the semester. Yeah. Uh, I remember in grade ten English class, we were like kind of reading through some of the scenes in Romeo and Juliet, and we had. Two guys in our class do the Romeo, Romeo, wherefore the Romeo scene. Mm -hmm. And so one of them was like, you know what? I really just like Juliet's in a tower or like on a, on a like, I forget that that word is like a balcony. balcony so yeah. I need to be up high. So she got <laughs> up onto the, the desk that was at the very front uh, and then put a chair on it. And so he like sat on the chair oh, no. on top of the desk and was just like, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore the Romeo. And then the, the other guy was like standing on the ground and I think I took a photo and it was a, it was a good memories of that class. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all I got for Shakespeare. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'll just go into the characters a bit. Um, so the characters are Nick Bottom, struggling writer who's looking for his big hit, looking to provide for his wife and brother and future, future, future child. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize until I was like researching that um, Nick Bottom is also a character in Mister Nice Dream. I think I just forgot about that. But yeah, I wrote that fun. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, where the heck did I put you? Yeah, Nick Bottom is a character from Midsummer Night's Dream. B is a character from Much Ado About Nothing. Portia is a character from Merchant of Venice, and Shylock is a character from The Merchant of Venice as well. So that's like when uh, they're like, oh, this is Portia. And then Shakespeare's like, lovely name. <laughs> Oops, sorry, that's my thing. No worries. Um, yeah, and then Nigel Bottom, younger brother of Nick, sweet young naive poet. I I love, uh, we can get into him later, but I love that the guy that played him on Broadway, he was like 40. Like John Cariani, he was born in like 1969 and this premiered on Broadway in 2015. He's supposed to be like the younger brother. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to be like max, like like 25 or like 30. But I guess it's not that far off from how old he was, but that was kind of funny. Yeah, his like way of speaking was really interesting. Mm -hmm. He's just like, and then I talked to her and then I went over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just, up, he... a little bit of up speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, William Shakespeare, vain and self-centered play playwright. Mm -hmm. um I love his portrayal on this it's just so funny how like he is a rock star like totally is well we yeah I know how accurate it is but like he was like a rock star of his time um yeah like they said that he wasn't revered but he was like appreciated yeah and applauded which is much more than like Vincent van Gogh ever got mm. so like he was he he, he knew it's like kind of like cult films that cut like it's not like one-to-one -one. like obviously the entirety of Shakespeare work doesn't like match up with the cult films but 
or like yeah. cult films where you like you see it and you're like all right all right and then it's just it gets better over time mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah yeah um b is nick's wife who wishes to work so she can support her husband i loved her uh, i love her so much she's great i love her songs <laughs> um just dressing up as men yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Nostradamus, a soothsayer who almost sees the future correctly. Um, and this is Thomas Nostradamus, the nephew of the other guy. Of the, the famous dude who lived. Yeah. I didn't really look into him. I wasn't really interested. Yeah. Um, Portia, adorable Puritan girl who falls for Nigel. Um, she's so cute. She was adorable. Yeah. yeah. And then Brother Jeremiah, Portia's father, traditional and Puritan. Oy. Yeah. And then other characters I didn't go like, really, I mean, it's not enough, I don't do too much character description. Uh, Lord Clapham slash Judge, uh, Shylock, and Minstrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the development to the show, Wayne and Carrie Kirkpatrick, um, brothers, had the idea to collaborate on a musical with, with this concept since the 1990s. In 2010, they started working with uh, John O'Farrell on some songs and a treatment to Kevin McCollum, uh, who produced the show. They brought on Casey Nicola to direct and choreograph in 2014, resulting in the first workshop. Um, so yeah, so music and lyrics by Wayne and Carrie Kirkpatrick, book by Carrie Kirkpatrick and John O'Farrell. So Wayne Kirkpatrick uh, is an American songwriter and musician from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Kirkpatrick has spent most of his career in the background, providing vocal, background vocals, playing guitar, playing keyboards, and writing songs for other artists. He wrote contemporary Christian and pop styles for artists like Winona Judd, Garth Brooks, Faith Hill, and more. Um, in 2005, he started to produce for American country band uh, Little Big Town, oh. starting with their second album, The Road to Here. Do you know them? I didn't really know them, but... Mm. I am blanking. I looked up some of the songs. I did not recognize any of them. <laughs> but I also am not a country person, so. Yeah, I don't like it either. Are they the yeah. the ones who did I Need You Now? Little. No, that's uh, Lady Antebellum. Or Big. Lady A. Lady A. Yeah. Lady A. Oh, yeah, she did change her name, didn't she? Yeah. Or didn't they, I guess. The... Yeah. It's a band. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. So. I don't know any of these. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Kirkpatrick won the 1997 Grammy for Song of the Year for the Eric Clapton song, Change the World. Um, in 2010, he started working on Something Rotten with his brother, Carrie. In 2015, he was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Original Score for Something Rotten. Um, whenever there's, this is going to sound weird, but like whenever there's punctuation um, in shows, like in like the Trail of Oregon, it's like the Trail of Oregon, and there's an exclamation point at the end. I, I always try to like, Yeah. <laughs> Um, same Never with like, something rotten. Like, I always try to do an explanation point at the end, but like it messes up my formatting when I'm typing. Because <laughs> oh, I yeah. almost uh, like um, capitalize the next word. I'm like, no, it's in the middle of a sentence. Oh, you're going to hate next month's musicals then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or um, May's, May's musicals, actually. Carrie mm-hmm. uh, Kirkpatrick started his career as a staff writer for Walt Disney Feature Animation. His first screenwriting credit was The Rescuers Down Under. Early writing credits include Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, James and the Giant Peach, and Little Vampire. I like the Honey, We Shrunk Blank series. Like, I, I just found it so funny. <laughs> I used to get really freaked out on those movies. Yeah, I remember I went to um, Disneyland, maybe, and they had a ride for it. Or they had like a, uh, 3D, no. like a 4D movie or something like that. And it freaked that's, me so, out so much. That's the one where I, I had to leave with my dad. I oh. like specifically remember having a breakdown outside because yeah. my dad had to take me out my sister and my mom were still inside and then i was like but we left them inside they're gonna get shrunk <laughs> <laughs> my poor little five-year-old self did not get oh, that it was a ride that's so sweet i know <laughs> um yeah so he also wrote the screenplay for the stop motion film chicken Brun in 2000 uh in the mid-2000s he wrote the screenplays for the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> over the hedge which he also directed and charlotte's web I loved Over the Hedge. Uh, I, like the, he, like, I didn't realize how much of a career he had. Like, it was mm-hmm. really cool how much he's done. Um, like it, if you somehow get Bruce Willis to be in your animated film about <laughs> yeah. raccoons and turtles. Um, who voiced on Charlotte's Web? I'm curious. Is that like Kate Blanchett or something? I don't think I've, I've seen it all the way through. 
Um, Julia Roberts. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Carrie, Carrie Kirkpatrick's first live action directing uh, credit was Imagine That in 2009 starring Eddie Murphy. I saw, oh. it, I saw that on my ninth birthday just because I had Eddie Murphy and it was good, but I think it was a, like, a lot more mature of a movie than I should have seen. Like not mature, but like the, like it was about like business and stuff. And like there was a kid there. So I was like, oh, it's a kid's movie. But I think it's like in that weird middle. Yeah, it's yeah. like this, the live action Scooby-Doo movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of for kids, but not really. Um, Kirkpatrick has a long-standing relationship with DreamWorks anima- Animation, serving as a writer for The Road to El Dorado and a hey. creative consultant on Madagascar. I love Road to El Dorado. I still haven't seen it. Oh, really? Oh, it's so good. I've just heard a lot of good things about it, though. Is DreamWorks isn't Disney. Never mind. I was going to say it might be a Disney Plus, but it won't be. Hmm. Um, in 2018, he wrote, directed, and produced this animated movie, Smallfoot. <laughs> um, his next musical adventure, Mrs. Doubtfire, premiered on Broadway in March 9th, uh, 2020, with a scheduled opening of April 5th, 2020, but we don't know what happened in 2020. I think I forgot that they made that into a musical. It didn't... Oh, well, I mean, it's still kicking around yeah supposedly past um post-pandemic but i mean we'll see yeah but yeah it was really it's really good i well i haven't listened to all of it but i listened to a couple songs and yeah um am i okay to go into the cast for sure okay so brian darcy james has most well known for his betrayal of shrek and shrek the musical uh-huh. <laughs> it's i love shrek musical unapologetically <laughs> I only know of uh, Princess Fiona's song. Mm-hmm. That one's so good. Um, other Broadway credits include Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Next to Normal, and Hamilton. He played the king in Hamilton off Broadway, then he came back after a little bit on the run in Broadway. Hmm. Um, he appeared as Andy Baker in the television series 13 Reasons Why, as well as appearing in the Academy Award winning movie Spotlight. Oh, that's where I know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played the reporter. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reporters, but yeah, there's that's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the Academy Awards. So. Yeah, like it's it's heavy subject matter, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. What, what was, what's that about? Um, uh, like early two thousands, uh, exposing the Catholic Church and its abuses. Oh, Catholic Church. Yeah, it 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 is really heavy, but it is like superbly acted wow what a cast yeah mark ruffalo michael keaton rachel mcadams john uh, i'm sure i should know who john slattery is and stanley tucci with brian darcy james leah schreiber and bill billy crudup leah schreiber Mike- actually uh <laughs> leah schreiber um one of my profs at college she went to, she went to yale for theater oh. um and she went to school with uh leah schreiber i believe actually uh uh, Wolverine's brother, yeah, yeah. Um, so Darcy Brian Darcy James has been nominated for three times for the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical. Um, yeah, so for Shrek, for this, and for uh, something early in his career, um, uh, um, Sweet Smell and Success. I have not heard of it, but I'm sure he was good in it. Hmm. Um, and then Christian Borle has appeared on Broadway 11 times, winning two Tonys out of four nominations for Peter and the Starcatcher and Something Rotten. Other, other notable credits include Marvin in Falsettos, Willy Wonka in Charlie, Charlie the Factory, and Emma in, em, Emma Emmett in Legally, in Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV credits include Smash, The Good Wife, and The Younger. Um, I love him so much. Like, whatever you think of him, I just, like... You think of one thing he's done, then you think of another thing he's done. Like, there's just such a big career for him. If I'm not mistaken, he was also in Spam a Lot. Yes. Yeah. Well, the musical, not the movie. Mm-hmm. He was also married to Sutton Foster for three years, which I think we talked about in the Little Woman episode. Ooh, um, could have been a power couple. Uh, but I mean, they're still friends and they still support each other. I mean, he was on okay. Younger. He was, on, he was on Younger, which is like her show. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, he was actually, like, up until, I don't know if they were still going at the time of the pandemic, but the um, Little Shop of Horrors was, on, was off Broadway, and he was the dentist. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just any like overconfident kind of cad character mm-hmm. he just adds adds his own pizzazz to it did you you did watch the Gilmore girls right gilmar girls did you Is that one of the yeah you oh yeah wait he he shows up in the the reboot yeah which no uh <laughs> yeah we're we're like we had rewatched gilmar girls so we're we got to finish it off by watching the reboot and we got three episodes in and he, he shows up in like, they do a stars hollow musical mm-hmm. and it's basically just two people doing the whole musical together. So you have Sutton Foster and uh, Christian Borel and mm-hmm. uh, they play some weird characters. Did you like the reboot or no? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of characters know. butchered. Oh yeah, so um, he also the way he met some. Oh, we probably met her before this, but um, he uh, played the role of Jimmy in *Thoroughly Modern Millie*, uh, uh, who and he replaced Gavin Creel, and then he, so he he met Sutton Foster because she was a Millie at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and like he started his career in *Footloose* as an understudy for Willard. Um, and he's done a bunch of like. TV shows and movies. He, I mean, he's been a Law and Order. The, the <laughs> which one? <laughs> obligatory Law and Order. Yes. He played, he played Tonto in the episode Swept Away. Um, guessing that's not the character from the Lone, Lone Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> there is like a, a time travel movie where they go back to the old wild old Wild West, and then some guy was trying to talk to a Native American and he's like hey Tonto and then the guy got really uh offended and then one of someone else is like do you know that Tonto means like fool or something like that and he's like oh my god no um and then he also played Max Detweiler in The Sound of Music uh Live oh yeah or Detweiler Detweiler uh yeah. And then next up we have John Cariani. As Nigel Bottom. Yes. He is most well known for his role as Julian Beck in Law and Order, as well as appearing as Mottle the Taylor in Fiddler on the Roof in Broadway in 2004, 2003, I think. And he received 20 nominations for that. Uh, his first play he wrote, Almost Maine, uh, like the state, M A I N E, became one of the most produced plays in America. He started on Broadway as Nigel and something rotten and it's sick in the band's visit. And he, he got a nomination for uh, for Nigel. Uh, and then he also, he won a Emmy, daytime Emmy for his performance on in the band's visit on like, a, I think the view or something. That's how a lot of, how a lot of Broadway people win their Tony, or at least Broadway performers win their um, Emmys. They just go on like The View or Good Morning America. They like perform like press things. And then Heidi Blickenstaff has appeared on Broadway in title of show, The Little Mermaid and The Adams Family. Who is she in The Little Mermaid? Uh, she was Carlotta, like the, um, the one that was like waiting on Ariel when she got to the world above. And then she came back in, um, uh, well, she was Carlotta, then she studied Ursula, and then a year later she went on as Ursula full-time. Um, and then she was Alice in the Alice family. Um, she was Emily in Elf. And then she played um, the mom in Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, she's just really cool. I like her. Uh, every time I think about her, I just think she's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just just her character is so fun because she's like taking life by the rein. She's like, you know what? I want to provide for my family as well. I don't want to put it all on my husband. Mm. So I'm going to dress up like a man and do all these different kinds of jobs. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite parts was when she was like picking up poop or whatever putting it in a pail and then she was like man like i've already moved up the ranks like before i didn't have a pail yeah. <laughs> she's like i had to do it with my hands and like, they're like 
hey poop boy and she's like one day it'll be poop woman <laughs> this is like i'm just like baffled about how much i really enjoyed this musical mm -hmm. because there's just so many funny little jokes put throughout and I, we can talk about a little bit more about that yeah <laughs> um yeah i love yeah i love the show um so next up we have kate rinders uh she played portia um she is from Seattle, Washington. That's not relevant. Um, so she's mostly well known for playing uh, Glinda on in Chicago. It's like Glinda, like in Wicked, in the city of Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on Broadway as well. Um, and then she also played um, June in Gypsy. And what else did I write down? Um, uh, Cynthia Weil in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Mm -hmm. And then she's also currently starring as as Miss Jen in High School Musical, the musical of a series. Um, next up, we have Brooks Ash Maniscus. Um, he is mostly well known for uh, his portrayal as Barry, Glick Barry Glickman in The Prom, uh, which he received a Tony nomination for Best Actor in a Musical. Um, that who won that that year? Uh, you missed Nostradamus. Uh, Brad Oscar. Mm -hmm. uh, I was I was going back. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, because I said Ashmanskis, he lost to Santino Fontana. That was the year Santino Fontana won. Um, Tough loss. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's also appeared as. Um, also, sorry, he was Brother Jeremiah in the show. He doesn't really have much to do, but he still got no nomination for this, so good for him. Mm. I love his um, uh, character. He's so funny. I like all like the innuendos. He like any his accidentally gives away. Oh, there is a really good innuendo that I really can't remember. It was like. Something about like seeds or something. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Me neither. Uh, yeah. Carry on. Uh, then he also appeared in 1776 as John Adams. Ooh. Um, not on Broadway or anything, but I think it was just good to note that was something we did. Something we did. Um, and he also appeared as Mr. Gold Mr. Goldstone and Pasty in Gypsy. Um, oh, and relevant to Shakespeare, he appeared as Francis Flute in A Midsummer Night's Dream. At Williamstown Theater Festival. Um, yeah, he's been nominated for Tony. Oh, he also was in Julie and Julia as Mr. Misher. Did you ever watch that, Julie and Julia? The cooking movie? Yes, yeah. Yep, a long yeah. time ago. Mm -hmm. Hello, Julia Child here. Mm, it's Amy Adams, okay. Because I remember like, seeing, like, oh, I, remember, I was like in my Amy Adams face. And Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> I <know>. Going on <laughs> tangents today. No worries. <laughs> is we watched Florence Foster Jenkins a week ago. Oh yeah, so it's good. So good. So My, funny. We started opera singing in the house now. Actually, I think you mentioned it last week when we were recording, or maybe it was if we were on like Zoom call. Uh, with quarantine, all the days are merging <laughs> together. Which Zoom call did I mention on? <laughs> My first class, it my was personal or my podcast recording <laughs> it was march 2020 and a blink later it was march 2021 <laughs> it's been the longest yet shortest year of my life yes good lord um then next we have brad oscar um he played nostradamus he also, he's also appeared as franz liebkind in the producers hmm. um he also played um, Paul and Funny Girl. Sorry, notification. Um, he he appeared as MC in Cabaret. Um, Sir Bedivere Concord and Dennis's mother in Spamalot. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, he was Uncle Fester on Broadway in Adam's Family. Uh, does Monsieur Fermin mean anything to you in Family Opera? 
Wait, sorry? Uh, Monsieur Furman. Oh, I think he's one of the uh, the opera producers or okay. one of the opera owners, but he's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, and then he also is appearing as um, Frank Hillard in Mrs. Doubtfire right now. Frank. Yes. That's the brother, right? Yes. The one that talks like this. Yeah. <laughs> the one that was played by Harvey Firestein. <laughs> yes. Um, then next up, we have Rob McClure. Um, he is mostly well known for being Adam in Beetlejuice, as well as playing Chaplin, uh, Charlie Chaplin in Chaplin. Um, he played various characters in Avenue Q. Um, uh, he's playing Daniel Hillard slash Mrs. Doubtfire in Mrs. Doubtfire right now. Um, Would that be the same production? Yeah, uh, the Broadway hey. production. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of crossover with the show. Or at least they have people they like in the show that they brought to the... Yeah, it's, it's weird to think that Broadway is such a small world at mm-hmm. the same time as being such a big world. Yeah. Like everyone's friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. At least as far as we know. And then mm-hmm. Adam Pascal um, of Rent fame. He played Roger Davis, the original production of Rent. Uh, he's also appeared as uh, Radames in Aida. Um, we should do that sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's based on an operetta, so it might be long to read into. Mm-hmm. But um, he played. Oh, sorry. And Rob McClure played uh, Nick Bottom in on tour, and then also Broadway. Um, and then Adam Pascal, he played Shakespeare on tour and also on Broadway. Um, yeah, he is mostly well known for Rent, but also doing. Um, he played Edward Lewis in Pretty Woman the Musical on Broadway for I think it was like a week or something. Um, he also played Billy Flynn in Chicago and um, the MC in Cabaret. So he's done some Theo in School of Rock. I don't remember much of School of Rock. Um, Mr. Yeah. Schneebly. Mr. Schneebly. What's your favorite song? Ooh, there are so many. I know. Like, I have four. Uh, yeah. I like Right Hand Man, uh, a musical, of course. Mm. One that surprised me was The Black Death. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it was kind of like a sample song. But uh, it just, when they came in with like the, the Grim Reapers and their <laughs> yeah. scythes, I lost my mind. It's just so funny. I was like, oh (laughs) my God. Um, And then I also really liked Hard to be the Bard. Mm -hmm. You know that um, Christian Borrell actually uh, performed that for the White House? Yeah, he, I, maybe I saw, maybe I didn't see it, but. Like there was a bunch of like kids and then there was Michelle Obama and some other administration, but he was wearing his costume and it had the, the pocket and then I was like, this is not appropriate for little children. Yeah. I'm such a prude about that stuff. It's just... <laughs> At least it's not as bad as the wolf. Yeah. From Into the Woods. Good yeah. Lord. Good Lord. Uh, what about you? <laughs> um, I love Welcome to the Renaissance. Oh, I, yeah. It just feels like so like hotel commercial to me. Like those, like, come stay at a hotel. Like, Welcome to the Renaissance. We or love Welcome to the Tipton. Yeah. Yeah. When you stay at the tip. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I never watched, I never had Disney Channel growing up, so I like when I got Disney Plus, I started watching uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. And oh, I, was like, yeah. I love this show so much. <laughs> it has such quick humor. Yeah. How do you lose a woman? You forget to cherish her. <laughs> um, and then I like I mentioned this earlier, but I remember like watching the musical because I've seen like the song of musical. I've seen the show before. And I think I was like. I don't think I appreciated it. I don't think I appreciated the song until now when we can't see the musical. <laughs> I'm like, this yeah. is just so perfect. And I love it so much. Um, I miss it. I miss it so much. Um, and then I also love um, Bottom's Gonna Be On Top. <laughs> uh, and then We See the Light was my favorite song for a little while. Oh, okay. I just love like the song, like the energy and like the song. Yeah. Um... We have opposite song yeah. preferences. Yeah. 
when you put us together, we love the entire thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have a lot of caffeine today. <laughs> no worries. I am like just off of having like, uh, like one ice cap. And mm. uh, when I have those, I go a bit nuts. Um, I very much liked B. Mm-hmm. Um, she was amazing. And then I also, uh, uh, like, just a very surprising character for me to really like was Thomas Nostradamus. Yeah. Now I get it, Thomas Nostradamus. Yeah. But he's just, when he's trying to foresee what the big musicals are, mm-hmm. and he's really royally messing it up. Yeah. He's just like, it's called Omelette, but with cats. <laughs> and a chorus line and just that song or that just, sequence was just so yeah. good because of all the different musical theater references it just goes on so long too like it's like i love it i'm like it's just you think it's done then it ones up that one up itself <laughs> yeah and now yeah. we do like a what's the thing a kick a kick line yeah like can 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 yeah I have not word use that word. I love the minstrel. He's I love how he just like shows up and he sings a song, but he leaves and he comes back in the second act and then he leaves again. And like he sings like one of my favorite songs on the show too. That's usually how musical theater characters work. They sing yeah. a song, they leave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well he doesn't he isn't relevant to the rest of the show. He's only there for like the opening. Hardy, hardy. Yeah. Well he shows up like uh, halfway through. Yeah. To kind of open it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of opening, uh, they opened their pre-Broadway tryout at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle in April 2015. Um, we would have been too young. Yeah, I would have been. Yeah, we would have both been fourteen at that point. Um, and then, oh wait, that's that's wrong. They were expected to have a free pre-Broadway tryout there. But then a Broadway theater opened around the same time. They were like, we'll just, we'll just go straight to Broadway. Which um, is risky, but I appreciate the risk. Um, so they opened, they had started previews March 23rd, 2015. Um, and then they opened on April 22nd, 2015. And they lasted on Broadway until January 1st, 2017, after September 42 performances. Really? Good for them. Um, that's the St. James, but I think Frozen was the next show after that. Or maybe there was something in between, but Frozen was the next big show at, there, at the theater. Hmm. Um, and then they had a tour, a U.S. national tour that started in Schenectady, New York. It's a fun name. Um, Schenectady. <laughs> um, before open, uh, and then I went to the Boston Opera House. Um, that had uh, Rob McClure, Adam Pascal, and Josh Corsetti. Um, and there was a non-equity tour, which just means like not like funded by the same producers. It's just like a, it's just kind of like not like kind of like what we did, but like a professional production that isn't, um, doesn't hire that doesn't pay as well or doesn't have like, the same payment standards, like the payment scale. Um, that started in Columbus, Georgia, and ended in uh, Seoul, Korea. Nice. That's a fun tour. <laughs> One sec. Start in Georgia and up in. Synecdoche. 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 Okay. <laughs> was, it's it's the name of a movie that's apparently really popular as well. Um, and then there was a Birmingham production. Uh, they had the Korean premiere August seventh, twenty twenty, to eighteenth of October, twenty twenty, at the Chungmu Art Center Grand Theater in Korea. Mm. Um, then they were supposed to have a. Uh, UK premiere in the Birmingham Repertory Theater over uh, October 8th to 31st. Uh, however, due to COVID, it was postponed to uh, October 7th uh, 30 to 30th, uh, 2021. So we'll see if that happens. Um, yeah. So awards the show is won. It, ha- it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine Tonys. And it won Ooh. one for Christian Borrell. Yeah, I, I agree. It makes sense. <laughs> it just won. Yeah. Um, and then it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Musical Year Album. But I think that was the same year as, as Hamilton. So 
<laughs> the odds are against you, bud. Didn't stand too much of a chance, did it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that was Hamilton. Oh, sorry, buddy. Oh, American in Paris was nominated the same year. Hmm. Oh wait. Oh, oh, all these are like are historical. American in Paris, Fun Home, The King and I, something brought in, in Hamilton. It's fun. A fun fact. <laughs> Anyways, um, is there anything you want to talk about? Um, I had some like moments that I just found that were really funny, or mm. the ones that at least I remember. Um, like get some sleep, okay, and then he just <laughs> <laughs> down onto the mattress. He planked like it was twenty ten. <laughs> yeah, I could see Julian doing that. I think he would perfectly <laughs> do yeah. that that role um I, actually when i thought about doing this i, I thought it'd be fun to do it like like with our grade i always thought hannah would be such a good portia i always thought it would be such a good, such a good norse dramas oh yeah yeah um yeah it's a, it's a really fun show and i think it's like i mean not i don't want to say anybody could do it but like, i feel like we, a lot of people could do it i feel like it's too much sexual innuendo though it's really vulgar i forgot how vulgar yeah it was. <laughs> like yeah like they say like the they say poopy word a lot like i don't want to say it here but <laughs> <laughs> they say the s word a lot i'll just say that's the poop the excrement <laughs> they, they say the excrement. s word a lot and there's a lot of like sexual innuendo and like haha funny anti-semitism yeah because <sighs> yeah. like it was illegal to employ jews in 1595 really well that's what they said oh okay um i think that was just like it was a move to try to convince more people to convert to Christianity. I just like I get it. Like it's they're trying to make a joke of it, but at a certain point, it's like how much of this is a joke? How much of it is like pain? Yeah, exactly. Like when people like when white people like make jokes towards like other. I guess it's not quite the same thing, but like to like other races. And be like oh it's just a joke it's just satire like no like you're poking fun at like oppression yeah. yeah i don't know i feel like there's a it'd be different if the writers were jewish yeah uh kirkpatrick, which we don't know kirkpatrick definitely but i mean you never know you never know yeah um i'd give my left gonad to be shakespeare <laughs> yep. uh, the nostradamus no i'm his nephew and it's like but Nostradamus had died 30 years prior to the setting of the musical. Mm. So why would he be like, Nostradamus? Yeah. And also, like, Nick Bottom is around, like, 30 at the time, I feel like. Mm. So he wouldn't have even known. Yeah. Nostradamus. I mean, there might be, like, some word of mouth, but yeah. Yeah, but they would have known he was dead. Oh, yeah. Okay, that, that's the issue. I'm like, he's probably a celebrity, but, like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a lot of meta things like musical, the next big thing in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, portion... like, like, like $10 for a glass of wine. Oh, <laughs> that made me crack up. Yeah. Uh, like, leaders always have such expensive refreshments. Oh my God. I mean, I've yeah. never been legal to, legal to, oh no, actually, no, I bought a, I bought a cider when I saw Hamilton. Cause I was like, Hamilton seems like, I'm like, I want to have a drink, but I don't want to have. So I was like, I'll have a cider. Why not? Uh, and then, oh, what was it? It was like, they're getting chased by Nazis. Are they the good guys or the bad guys? It feels important to know. I actually, as I mentioned, Robin Clerk, so he's like, the, he played um, Nick Bottom. He was, I don't know if they were in Charlottesville or they were somewhere in the States on oh. tour. And he posted about how, like, like th- that, like, when all the Charlottesville stuff happened. I never really... I don't know if I didn't hear about it or just didn't like pay attention to it at that time because I'm just learning a lot more about about it now. Oh, believe me, it was terrifying. Uh, yeah, um, I mean at this point, white supremacy seems all too common. Um, anyways, um, or they had, he had kind of mentioned like it seems important to know the difference. Yeah, he he said it seems important to know the difference, and like the crowd goes like wild for that. Yeah, I remember seeing that video. Yeah. Um, 
Portia and Nigel are adorable. Oh, they're so sweet. I love them. I love their yeah. like their love. Their love. It's just so pure. Yeah. And then you get like this, like, you sure you want to do this? Yes, I'm sure. And then like lays down his coat and you think it's going one way, but then he like takes out his like poem or something. Yeah. It's like the um the baptizing song in uh, the Book of Mormon. I have not seen that. Oh, it's so funny. We should, I don't know if we could ever, oh, we can just research Mormonism, but. Isn't it problematic? Oh, it's very problematic, but that's the whole part of research. <laughs> um, But like, like they have a baptizing song and it's like satiring, like it's the slow jams they make the song. Um, And like Josh Gad's character goes behind a curtain with the girl he's like in love with, but like he like baptizes her, but they make it like it's a South Park writer, so they make it obviously sexual. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's so funny, but also very <laughs> gross. <laughs> I have I have a very low tolerance for anything sexual. Like it's not like you don't see anything, but like it the insinuation. The insinuation like, is also yeah. Any like I reference? Mean, especially the the costuming. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um. Makes me uncomfy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's basically all I got for mentioning it. I'm trying to think what else I had to say. Nothing. I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This is a very tangential episode. I feel like I feel like it's I feel very squirrel brain today, and that's not a bad thing. Caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> yes. Um. So thank you for listening. Late. Yeah, it is like 930. Um, thank you for listening to episode number 15 on Something Rotten. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode of the of Treason, even though which we're recording is to it. Come. <laughs> which is still to come for us. <laughs> the parallel timeline. <laughs> Not parallel, perpendicular. <laughs> Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, you can let's find not us get on, into time. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at History of the Spotlight. You can find us on Twitter at History in the SP1. Find us on our email, History in the Spotlight at gmail.com. Email us your opinions. What do you think of the show? Um, do you have a favorite song? Any backstage memories? Anything that you think would be funny for us to hear or not funny to hear? We're okay with anything. <laughs> Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.